Listening to the Refuge Podcast, we are all about unifying a generation of college students to be disciple making followers of Jesus. It's our goal each week to equip and empower you to make disciples on your college campus. Whether you're enrolled in a university, taking a gap year, attending school virtually, or simply 18 to 25, grab your AirPods and let's have a conversation. So, I have something to tell you, and I don't know if you're going to be proud or embarrassed or if you already know this already are you ready i'm positive i don't know okay i learned i'm I'm kind of embarrassed i learned how to do the wobble (laughs) did you know that no i did not know that like like uh like a common wedding dance yes we went to the best wedding ever this past weekend okay and michaela shout out to michaela if you're listening michaela taught me how to do the wobble and wow. I feel like I'm a couple of years behind there. Get up and do it right now. No, oh. I I I have no rhythm. I I can't dance, which we barely danced at our own wedding. People know that, but yeah, I felt I felt very accomplished. I learned how to do the wobble. What's your favorite wedding dance? Uh, mine is the basically just jump up and down. Yeah, you like to jump. Yeah, you just, just kind of like. Yeah, I just kind of put my arm up in the air and yeah. just jump. Yeah. And then pretend to know the lyrics of all these songs. Mm-hmm. And I turn if you if you're like mouthing words, but you're turning your head back and forth pretty quickly, no one can tell that you're not saying the correct words. Right. And then you just shove up and down. Yeah. Well, don't you think dancing? It's like one of those things that brings a lot of people together. It's like uh, everybody oh, totally. everybody that can dance are like, oh, it doesn't matter if you don't know how to dance. Like yeah. you just get out there and like no, like everybody looks stupid. Like it doesn't matter. <clears throat> and so like the dancers, of course, will tell you that like, oh, it doesn't matter if you're good or not. But all of us that don't know how to dance or don't have the best rhythm, like know that we look kind of dumb, like trying to. But dance. here's what I I want to know is those that can dance, they're out there like, oh, don't worry, just come out here. They really want you with them to dance. But deep down on the inside, they're like, wow, this person really cannot dance. I mean, I'm sure everybody was saying that when I was trying to do the wobble, but (laughs) I got it. I got it down. So now, Michaela, at your wedding, you better add that to the playlist because I'll be able to do the wobble. Wow. Wow. Uh, so uh, that leads in beautifully. (laughs) (laughs) Right. What a great... Speaking of wobble, let's talk about unity today. Well, like... Dancing brings people together, but today we're talking about unity, so unifying people, bringing people together. I think there's no better description of the gospel in our world, especially this day and age of um, of what our mission looks like to the world. Um, I had a great opening phrase, but Caitlin thought that it was super cheesy, and I'm going to say it anyway. There's no community without unity. <laughs> you know it is a little cheesy. <laughs> but it's accurate. Okay. We if you have listened to us for any short any amount of time, you know that we care so much about community, but community really is ineffective if you don't have unity. And so today we just want to talk about what that looks like in our own lives, what that hopefully stirs up some ideas and thoughts in your own head about how you display that in your personal lives where we can grow in that together and I think there's been so many things that have honestly happened in our world over the past two years even um, that has taught all of us about unity and the importance of it and where it's lacking and how we can grow in that topic so today it is obvious 
that the enemy is using or is attacking our our unity. Uh, even before this most recent political season, there was there were just crazy things happening that were tearing people apart. And then you had the election and all that that went down. And that every time that happens all the time. It's nothing new. I mean, people have been disagreeing for years. So that's not that. But there was that whole thing. And then there's this pandemic. And now it's you know, whether you should quarantine or not, whether you should wear a mask or not, whether you should get vaccinated or not. Um, there's all this stuff out there Whether now, whether you should get your kids vaccinated or not. So, I mean, there are so many things happening in our world that are not can tear us apart. It is tearing us apart. And, and families, there are families that have had zero reason to not be unified. And now they're they're struggling because of all these things going on. Yeah. So maybe let's just start by talking about what we like, what, what we think unity is not like. Yes, that is important because we are not saying that unity means abandon your views, abandon your, your opinions on things and just go along with the majority. That's not going to help us get to unity because deep down, if you abandon your views, you're going to be bitter. You're not going to be happy in some way because that's what you think. That's what you believe. So we're not saying abandon your views or opinions on things. Right, because, I mean, God made us all, like, so unique and so different. And I think if we all had the exact same opinions and views and ideas, like, we literally would be walking around like robots. Like, I don't think that is at all what God intends for us to all have the same opinions on everything. No, no. No. So, so people are passionate about things that I'm not passionate about, and I'm passionate about things that you're not passionate about. Um, if I had my way, we'd all just be Atlanta Braves fans, sports fans, and we would eat more meat than vegetables for meals. And I <laughs> Less mean, gluten. Yeah, yeah. No gluten. We would abolish gluten from the world. Uh, so, but you know, that's my world and that's not the world that God intends. So it, a unity is not abandoning your views. It's not uniformity in the sense that we're not all supposed to look the same physically, like, you know, obviously not hair color and stuff like that, but we're not, we're not meant to all just look and function the exact same way. Uh, again, God created us differently and uniquely. And, uh, Psalm 139 tells us that he, he knew and designed us beautifully the way that he wanted to design us. So we're not intended to all look the same. Trends and fads, they all happen. Uh, I'm a very fashionable person, <laughs> right? Caitlin, why are you laughing? Uh, uh, fashionable. Uh, <laughs> uh, nearly every time I'm doing a wedding or in a wedding, it's like, oh, no, I need to go to the store and buy something because I have no clothes that look nice. Um but we're just not all meant to look the same. I don't know where I was going with that, but we're not meant to look the same. And then uh, unanimity, like this unanimous decision of everyone agrees together. Again, being being diverse and being different is actually what makes God's people so unique, yeah. is the fact that he's created us so much, so different in our own ways, but yet he's calling us to be unified. And that it tends to be this thought that we go, that that's impossible. That can't happen. But it's not, and it's it's what God wants. Yeah. So what's your take on unity or like how have you seen it good or bad on display in your own life? Do you have any examples? Uh I mean, yeah. Uh so I went to a I got my undergrad at a Christian university. It's a small um Christian school in Mobile, Alabama. University um, of Mobile. University of Mobile. Uh loved it there. Uh, around 2,000 students, 
but when you go to a Christian university, you just kind of naturally assume, oh, everybody's Christian, uh, and everything's going to be cool. And it's not. It it it's not that way. Um, and it's like that anywhere. Liberty, huge school, known to be a Christian school, is like that. Uh, shout out to our boy Patrick, who goes to Mid Atlantic, which may be the smallest university out there, uh, Christian school. And I was just talking with him about this, about how you would think that at a tiny Christian school, everyone's Christian and it's fine, but it's not. There, there are diverse people. There are people there just for ath- you know, athletics. And um, I think for me, growing up in small town Mississippi, uh, it's easy to get caught in a bubble and to get stuck there and think that, that the culture of the world looks a lot like the culture of your little tiny bubble. And the more that you grow and push yourself out of that, you realize there's a different world out there um, that's way bigger than my little bubble. And that's good. And that's a good thing to experience. And you need to have a healthy viewpoint of God is such a huge, massive, creative God that if we can remain focused and centered on Him, then I think we get a much better picture of what unity is because it's, it's bigger than just your culture and your culture only. And I, I only want to stay in that and not anything else. Push yourself, grow past that. I had to. I had to get out of that and not necessarily move. I'm not saying everyone needs to just move, but you need to grow out of the culture that you grew up in because you you are you are just open to so many different things. I don't know. What about you? Yeah, I think um, when I think about unity right now, I kind of – immediately think about our mission statement as the refuge retreat and it's to unify a generation of college students to be disciple making followers of Jesus. And so when I think of that unity aspect of what we do on a daily basis, I love the idea of just bringing all of us together, um, under the same mission, of course, but bringing all of our different gifts, all of our different talents, uh, everything that's so different about us, but coming together as one, like, I also think about different community events that we've been involved in where you can pick one thing that everybody can relate to and everybody bring like and does something together to bring greater good to the community. Um, and this isn't just something that we just say because, oh, we think this is a good idea, but like we are called to make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace, as it says in Ephesians. And so it's something that we have to fight for really as followers of Jesus, I think in our day-to-day life, not just because we think it's a great idea or it sounds prettier because we want world peace, but because this is something that we're called to. And so, um, it's a calling, like we've all received our own calling in our life. So we have to live a life that's worthy of that calling. And it's not something that you just stumble upon. It's, it's something that takes work and action. And when you think about even like the fruits of the spirit, the fruits and the gifts that we've been given aren't meant just for us to be good at or to partake in, but it's for us to like share that with other people. And I think that is something that draws unity is when we can share our similar gifts or passions or ideas or talents with other people that, that brings us together. Um, but ultimately we can't accomplish this without grace because we have to have so much grace for each other, um, in, in our differences, um, because that is inevitably going to show up. And I think there's just not going to be really good relationships in your life. If you can't find, uh, unity in those relationships, that's where you kind of find the common ground. And I think of like our union, like as a marriage, like, there's got to be some unity between you and I to have a healthy relationship. And so we think about what are those things that 
cause us to have a healthy relationship. And it's things that, that we find common ground in. We don't even just, we're married, but we don't agree about everything. We don't think everything's this, the same. You know, we, we have very different beliefs and opinions. You don't agree with me? Sometimes? No, a lot of times we disagree with each other. That's true. Uh, you said this earlier that you don't stumble upon unity. It's something that we have to work for. I think what we get caught in is we think that we have these passions and views and these things that we, we that we you know have strong opinions on. And so we spend a lot of time using our voice for those opinions and for those things, social justice, like all that's good. And I think we should definitely use our voice. God gave it to us, so like use it. But I think what we tend to get caught in is that if we're going to experience unity in our community, in our circle of people, in our life, for those around us, if we're going to, and if I'm going to be a one fighting for it and fighting for unity, then I have to convince people or I have to like drive in people what I'm passionate about and that's going to help people. And then we, we tend to take it on our backs of like getting people around us to be unified. And then we go, yeah, come on, be unified. Like this is wrong. This is wrong. You should be passionate about the things that I'm passionate about. And that that's fighting for that unanimity. Like you want everyone to have the passion that you are passionate for. And not only is that impossible, <laughs> that's not what, you know, how God intends it to be. But we also said this, grace is the common denominator. And so the only way that we are going to accomplish unity around us, or we're going to see it again, we, we can't accomplish it. I think that's it. I think that's what I'm trying to say is that we feel like we can accomplish it by saying the right things, by posting the right things on social media, by sharing the, the right YouTube videos that are talking about what we're talking about. And I think we take on the responsibility that we have to work really hard in order for us to see unity when really it's just pointing people to Jesus. And that's, it, it seems too simple. It seems like, oh, well, then should I not? And I'm not saying don't fight for the things that you're fighting for, but the way that we see unity around us is that the common denominator is grace, and it all points to Jesus. And we have to take our cues from Jesus and not from culture when it comes to this, because our culture is going to tell us, and you see it in our faces every day, what we need to do and how we need to act to achieve this. Yeah. And not that all of those things are wrong, but when we start putting our dependence upon what the world's telling us and not what Jesus tells us to do in these situations, um, then we're going to have some skewed uh, outlooks on what unity looks like. And so there's just a few practical steps, I think, that are helpful that we have found, I guess, in in seeking unity with each other. And the first one, and, and I think this is just a leadership principle that Adam probably learned um, yeah. in his first ministry I needed, job. I needed to learn. Yeah. yeah and it's it, it overflows into every area of our life, but it's person over position. Don't value somebody for what they bring to the table, but because they're a human, because they're just value yeah. the person before you value what they can do for you. And um, that is yeah, very that's helpful. That's tough. And, well, and even in the conversation of unity, maybe you saw the topic on this podcast and you were like, eh, I don't really want to listen to that. Uh, w- when you talk about it or just say the word, what tends to happen is you have that person in your mind that you just disagree with all the time or that pushes your buttons or that you can't have a normal conversation with them without a certain thing coming up. And, um, you know, it was hard. That's hard for me because I'm Enneagram nine. I'm a peacemaker. I don't like confrontation. And so when that happens, when people want to have difficult conversations with me, I tend to just 
you know, wiggle my way, wobble, wobble my way. Let's all tie it back into the wobble. I tend to like get myself out of it because I don't want to have that conversation. Uh, but instead, like see the person over what you disagree in them about. Like whatever it is that you disagree with them with, like, okay, that's a thing. That's a position. See them first. Um, I mean, I think I think about Jesus. Ju- Judas was a disciple, but yet Jesus is having a meal with him right before he's about to get crucified. So Jesus always saw the person over the position. Practice loving your difficult person, like whoever it is. You know who it is as we talk about this. Write their name down, like have their mind, have them on your mind, and practice loving. What does it look like for you to love your difficult person? Yeah, that's a good one, and that's not that's easy, where but... like the hard work comes in. Um, also, I think it's important to be a bridge builder, and this might be a hot term you guys have heard this past year, but be somebody that is willing to walk across the bridge and go find, seek out people that look different than you, act different than you, have different beliefs, have different ideologies, um, and be somebody that's willing to kind of cross that road and say, hey, look, like help me understand this. Like, I want to, I want to listen to you. I want to know your story more. Help me see what I'm missing. Um, I had a super meaningful conversation with somebody about a year ago that was just like, I don't know what to do, but I want you to help me see this. I, I need your perspective. I need somebody else's perspective that has had a different life experience in me. And it's really just kind of like reaching your hand across the table and saying like, I'm with you. Like, I see you. I hear your story. I care about you. I love you. And that's what unity is. If we could all find somebody to just like reach down and, and pick up or um, hold hands with and connect with, um, I think we'll find one that Jesus uh, is really exemplified in those situations. I think he's honored there. And I think we're going to learn so much in our perspective shifts and changes. And there's no way that our perspective will ever change if we're not willing to listen to other people. And I think that's a huge part of coming to um, to creating unity and to, to being somebody that's willing to say, hey, we have different thoughts. Like, I want to know more about why you think this. And I think you'll find that it'll be a really fruitful conversation and not just for what you receive, but for the other person as well. I learned that it meant so much to that person that I reached out to, to just like the fact that I even acknowledged that there was something there that I wanted to learn. Um, and it meant a whole lot. So I feel like if we can do that more, and I think we'll see the fruit of that and that, that the Lord like, will bless those kinds of conversations in ways you would never expect. Yeah, we hope this helps. We hope this encourages you a little bit. And uh, just to challenge you as we go, um, you know, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, then you are on mission. You're on a mission to make disciples. And there is nothing that damages a movement or a mission like disunity. And so work, fight for unity among your people in your community, because Caitlin, There's no community without unity. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Be sure to subscribe, to like the podcast, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time.